Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson. And coming to you day after, well, the Phillies lose another series. Uh, they, you know, not in a row. They lose another series in California, I should say. They lose at the hands of the San Francisco Giants 4-3 to three, uh, following a series win in Colorado. Uh, and it was a textbook Phillies loss. Phillies lose 4-3 at the hands of the San Francisco Giants. They now have lost already 2-3. of three. They'll try and salvage this series with the day game today. And I say it was a textbook Phillies loss for a couple of reasons. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into all you know my takeaways from this game uh, and what have you in just a little bit here. But it's a textbook Phillies loss because Zach Wheeler, he wasn't the same guy. Uh, they had double-digit hits and only about three runs to show for it. Uh, and a defensive blunder cost them. That's kind of really been the, the formula for the Phillies here this season. And, and I just wanted to start with the bad defense. Like, this cannot continue. It seems like... This was a problem last year with Joe Girardi. On Monday night, they very well might have lost a game because Bryson Stott dropped a ball at second base uh, on a fielder's choice attempt. And last night, there's a ball where Joey Bart pops one up down the right field line, and Cody Clemens playing first base is nowhere close, and Bryson Stott comes over to it, and Castellanos is nowhere to be found. And a ball that in the major leagues just absolutely has to be caught. And when you end up losing a game by a run, and a run came in on that, like that that's your ball game right there. And now you have back-to-back games in San Francisco that were absolutely winnable, were absolutely games that if the Phillies, you know, play major league major league defense, uh the Phillies should absolutely have this win. So they dropped the 20 and 22 uh on the season and the the most frustrating part about these games uh in particular against the Giants and I opened up the show saying they lose another series. They did win the series in Colorado, but uh I'm starting the petition that the Phillies should no longer play games in California. Now 0 and 5, they got obliterated uh in the first two games of that LA series and then lost on a walk-off grand slam on getaway day. They have now lost two what I believe to be winnable games in San Francisco uh and we'll see if they can salvage this sixth game in California, third game in San Francisco uh, in particular, uh, because they've just been horrible uh, on the West Coast so far this season. Horrible in games against both the Dodgers and Giants. Uh, And if you actually believe into that California thing, they have trips against the A's uh, and the Padres later on this season. But getting back to last night and just kind of what I saw, the bad defense, it's not even... Like we know that Bryson Stott is capable of catching a ball at second base. We know that this team is capable of catching the ball, you know, on a pop-up, right? Like down the right field line. It's a combination of a lack of focus or a lack of just communication when a ball goes up in the air like that. It's just like little league stuff. And it's 
I'd like to believe that it's a fluke. I'd like to believe that in a nutshell, Bryson Stott making the first error of his second base career uh, is a fluke. And in a nutshell for him, it is. And the other night, you know, dropping a pop-up that the Phillies are going to catch most pop-ups. But when it feels like this team consistently finds ways uh, to make defensive blunders in the field, or early in their season it was defensive blunders on the base paths, like, they're just not playing up to the standard that they need to be. It's teams who won the pennant last year don't play Little League Baseball. And this team has played a lot of Little League Baseball through the first 42 games of the season. It's a big reason why they're below 500, And it's just really, really frustrating when you feel like a team can win a game uh, and they don't because of just little defensive miscues. And you're when you spot Major League team runs, um, another Major League team runs, I don't care who it is. The Giants have came in uh, below 500 to this series. They're now 500 uh, as a result of playing the Phillies twice. And, you know, they were, weren't playing great baseball. And there have been a number of other bad teams that the Phillies have played so far this season. If you spot any team in the major league runs, I don't care how far out of first place or how far below 500 they are, you're going to lose games. And the Phillies are finding ways to lose games. They're not getting beat. It'd be different if... In a, in a given day, the other team's pitcher is really, really good, and the other team's bats come alive, and that's why you lose. No, the Phillies are losing games more than these other teams are winning them, and I feel like the Phillies have lost these two games in San Francisco uh, more than the Giants have won them. So that's my biggest takeaway uh, from this series thus far. That's my biggest concern with this team thus far. We'll see if they can clean it up uh, in the day game again here later today. Uh, the second thing, and this has really been a theme of the season, and it showed itself uh, again last night. Uh, Phillies leave seven in scoring position. They coming into the game were 0 for 24, I believe it was, in uh, their even dating back to the Colorado series. 0 for the last 24 uh, with runners in scoring position. Uh, this is a team that on the season is top 10 in hits. Uh, they're top 10 in batting average, top 10 in slugging percentage. But my lord, they have zero clutch gene. And I mean, literally zero clutch gene. They are leaving 3.93, nearly four runners in scoring position uh, so far. This Leaving 3.93 runners in scoring position per game uh, this season. Only the Blue Jays are worse. Like Literally, the Phillies are 29th out of 30 teams when it comes to knocking in runners in scoring position. They get chances. This felt like a textbook Phillies loss last night, not only for the bad defense, a textbook 2023 Phillies loss, I should say. Not only for the bad defense, but because yet again they had 10 hits. They only scored three runs. The 10th hit was a Schwarber solo home run uh, in the ninth inning, a little too little too late, uh, with two outs and you know down to your final chance. But this team knows how to get runners on base. If you look up and down the batting averages, the on-base percentages, uh, the slugging percentages, as I mentioned, like they're all good. They all look good, and you ask yourself, why doesn't this team knock runners in? Opposing to pitchers going into the stretch, I mean, they the Phillies bail other teams out of rallies, bail other teams out of jams, like no other team I've ever seen before. And it's it's really, really frustrating. It's frustrating when you're consistently, again, whether it's the defense or on offense, you feel like you have a really good chance to win the game. You feel like the opportunities do present themselves. You have runners creating havoc on the bases. You have guys stealing bases. And you're, you know, you got second and third one out. And at most, you're getting one run in at a time. And the second that, you know, the opposing team gets any kind of rally, you're not, like, you're not seeing the same. They're converting on their opportunities way more than the Phillies are converting on there. So that is really, really concerning as of this point. It's been the story this season. It is nothing new, it's something we've seen through 42 games uh, so far this season. And it's probably as big a reason as any as to why the Phillies are 
20 and 22 and two games below 500. And I know, again, I said this on yesterday's podcast that the Phillies were 21 and 29 through 50 games last season. They fired Girardi and they got a magical spark uh, bringing in Rob Thompson. But at this point in the season, like you don't want to repeat that. Yes, they're right on the cusp of that final playoff spot. Yes, they are leaving themselves in position that if they do go on any kind of a run later in the year, you could find themselves right back in the high 80s or maybe even the low 90s if they really kicked them in the high gear by the end of the season. And they'll make the playoffs. But I think I laid out on yesterday's show that they were relatively fortunate to be the last team in the playoffs in the final weekend of, or final few days of the season, final series of the season, uh, and make it to the World Series last year. And now it seems like this is really much closer to what they are. They, they, they were a team who struck fire last October, uh, but they just play right around 500 ball for the majority of the season. Maybe they'll play a few games above uh, when all is said and done after 162 games. Uh, but it's really frustrating and really makes you question how this team made the World Series a season ago uh, when they can't do little things like feel the pop-up or catch a ball at second base or especially knock runners in uh, when you have the chance. I mean, it's just, again, if you, you either need to hit the ball out of the ballpark and slug your way to runs, or you need to put some rallies together. And it's not good enough just to get runners on base uh, if you have nothing to show for it. So that's really been the story of the season, or story of the series, story of the past week or so for this Phillies team, story of the entire season uh, for this Phillies team, uh, that they consistently, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, they consistently are among the worst in all of Major League Baseball when it comes to driving in runs. Uh, and that's just, it's it's got to change. Like It's got to maybe... Guys are pressing. Uh, I saw Bryce Harper was asked about that uh, after the game last night. Guys are pressing. Guys are getting too antsy. Guys trying to do too much. Uh, Clearly, they have the ability to get on base with their eyes, maybe get a little big at the plate. Uh, They don't exactly have a great approach at the plate. A lot of times swinging early in counts uh, with runners on base. uh, And just way, way, way too much bailing other defenses out, but bailing other teams out on both sides of the baseball. Um, And that's kind of been the name of the game. It feels like the Phillies should have a much better record uh, than they you know, currently do at 20 and 22. Uh, my third takeaway from last night is that Zach Wheeler, it just hasn't been the same guy. Like, this is now we're in mid-May. And I know he, the defense, I let off the, you know, the show with it, saying that the defense really let him down, really let the team down last night, uh, and that caused one of the runs. Uh, but at the end of the day, his line still has six innings, four runs, and he hasn't been that same guy this year. And I, I said it a few weeks ago, and I still feel it now, like, I'm probably more concerned with him than I am with Aaron Nola at this point. Like Aaron Nola, uh, you know, he the debate goes on and on forever whether he's an ace, whether he's not an ace. You know, how good is that guy really? Um, but when push comes to shove, like Zach Wheeler was supposed to be the ace that everyone felt good about, and when he goes out on the mound, like yeah, it, it wasn't a bad start, but he didn't even get a quality start. He didn't get a quality start last night, and he should have had one. It should have been six innings, three runs, if this Phillies team could catch a pop-up, but you're not looking for quality starts uh, out of your ace. You're not looking for Zach Wheeler to go out there on the mound and just you know, three runs and just keep you in it. You want a guy like that to go out there and shove, like go out there and, you know, just actually assert some dominance uh, against that other team. And I don't feel that confidence with him this year. I don't know how anyone could. I don't know how anyone could look at this staff right now, the starting staff, which clearly has issues at the back of the rotation. And um, I actually forgot to mention it off the top of the show that Bailey Falter was sent down yesterday for Eric Ullman. And 
you know, now that we're in a situation where the Phillies' rotational depth isn't there, but even the top two guys haven't been there all season, like someone's going to have to kick it into high gear. His velocity hasn't looked uh, as solid as it has uh, in prior seasons. Again, I understand he pitched a lot of innings last year. He's not a fan of the pitch clock. But at what point can we depend on Zach Wheeler? At what point can we depend on Aaron Nola? At what point can we consistently depend on them? Like they're going to give, like the Phillies are going to have an advantage in this game. It's appointment television every time those guys take the mound because the Phillies are probably going to win. I haven't felt that all season with this team. Uh, it's incredibly frustrating uh, that this kind of thing continues to happen. And again, I think that's part of the reason that you know the Phillies kind of are what they are so far this season. A below 500 team trying to salvage a series in San Francisco. It, not a great Giants team, like not a team who's projected to make the playoffs, a team who was worse than the Phillies a season ago. Like the Phillies are supposed to go in there as the defending champs and be the better team. And in a lot of these series, they have not looked like the better team. Zach Wheeler has oftentimes not looked like the better pitcher. Um, and that's just really the frustrating part about it. And this is a game also where like the Phillies chased Alex Cobb early. Like he didn't even make it through the fifth inning or whatever it was. And they still, because they knocked him around a little bit, and Kapler pulled him out and went to the bullpen. Like the bullpen shuts the Phillies' offense down, and on the other side, you get Wheeler to give you six innings. Yes, it gives the the bullpen, the Phillies' bullpen, I should say, uh, a little bit of a rest. But it just did not. A lot of these performances from Wheeler and Nola, I feel like I'm getting my hopes up, uh, and I come away uninspired. I come away let down, and maybe the expectations around these guys are just too high. Maybe they're. You know they're not the pitchers they once were, or are not going to be the pitchers they once were uh, in 2023 anyway. Uh, but Zach Wheeler consistently going out there and giving you six innings, three runs, six innings, four runs, not good enough for me. Uh, and that's what he did last night in San Francisco. And my my final, and this is kind of just like a macro takeaway. Again, through 42 games, they're 20 and 22. Maybe this is just what the Phillies are. Like last year. They were 21 and 29, as I mentioned. And, you know, they kicked it in the high gear after they got Rob Thompson. And, you know, they end up winning, what was it, 86 games, 87 games, whatever it was. And, you know, they make the playoffs uh, on the final day of the season. 87 and 75, I believe, was their final record. And they make the playoffs, not on the final day of the season, the final series of the season, I should say. And it was. A great story because it was the first time they're making the playoffs in 11 years and they needed that final playoff spot that was added by Major League Baseball to get into the playoffs to begin with. Um, but And then they go on a magical run that none of us saw coming. Like They, they get through the wild card series when their backs are up against the wall in Game 1. They get through the Brave series uh, after splitting two in Atlanta and they come home to Citizens Bank Park and they win two. Uh, and they looked unbeatable at home and then they looked unbeatable at home in the Padres series and they rode an incredible amount of momentum that I don't think most people saw coming to a World Series appearance and, and winning the pennant. Uh, but Major League Baseball, the beauty of it, or the beauty or, or a curse of it, and perhaps the Phillies' case so far this season, is that it's a 162-game season. Like, you can maybe fake your way through a playoff run. The best team does not always emerge uh, victorious in a playoff series when it comes to Major League Baseball, especially when the first series is best of three and the second series is a best of five. You know, this isn't the NBA where, you know, the better team just about always emerges the team with the best player uh, in the series often you know is usually the one who emerges and upsets are not as plentiful like major league baseball can be weird and baseball can be weird and you get one you know bad start out of the other team's ace and you got managers managing completely differently than they do from the regular season 
you can't fake anything over the course of a 162-game season. And the Phillies, again, it's not been 162 games. It's been 42 here thus far. Um, but this is where, about where they stood a season ago. And we'll see where they stand exactly after 50 games. And maybe it'll be 25 wins instead of 21 or whatever the case might be. And they'll be sitting right on the cusp of a playoff spot. But they're not one of the bad teams in Major League Baseball. They're not going to play well below 500. But they feel like a largely break-even team who maybe will play a few games above 500 when all is said and done and sneak their way in the playoffs just like they did a year ago. But the fact that they went to the World Series last year does not seem to be carrying over like at all, or in the Rob Thompson magic that existed through the back half of last season and in October last season, does not seem to be carrying at all here in through the half of May. You have Bryce Harper back, and he's been hitting well. And you have you added a guy in Trey Turner who, you know, gets gets a hit now. It seems like every night, but goes one for four, one for five, whatever the case might be. Like he's not beating the cover off the ball. And I feel like the Phillies have a really good offense, but. Whether it's the poor defense, as I mentioned, or they have a good offense but don't hit runners in scoring position in you know to score, and you have a number of situations where you're not getting the best out of the top two in your rotation, like maybe we just have to accept this is what the Phillies are, and that they're never really going to. It's a long season, so I'd like to believe that they're going to kick it into high gear at some point, but maybe they're never really going to go on this magical run during the regular season, and that if they expect to make any type of advancements in the playoffs this year, it's going to have to be from the same position. It's going to be on the road. It's going to be as the number six seed or whatever the case might be uh, as it was a season ago. Uh, And it's just like a tough realization because you felt like they really had a breakthrough last year. This was a team for 11 years who could never make the playoffs and a couple first years of Bryce Harper being here could never make the playoffs. And finally last year they break through and they get to the playoffs and they add trade Turner and you expect, all right, this is the year where they really come out uh, and maybe they contend for the National League East and they're in contention on Memorial Day. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of May uh, and they're nowhere close to leading the division. Like, they're currently in the standings, as I mentioned, like right on the cusp of a playoff spot. The Miami Marlins, uh, who have done this kind of thing before, uh, but basically in the same class as the Phillies right now, when it comes to their record, they're a game above them. They're at 21 and 21. The Phillies are 20 and 22. Uh, the Marlins are above them. The Pirates are above them. The Diamondbacks are above them. And those are teams who I expect over the course of the season to drop out. Um, but I think at this point, we all perhaps had the unrealistic expectation that the Phillies would be more in contention uh, in the National League East. And they're six games out. There's They've played 42 games, so there's 120 left to play. I'm not writing them off. Uh, but this is feeling more and more like this is the, short of another magical turnaround that they had last season. And let's acknowledge the fact that they had a bit of a magical turnaround last year in the regular season and a magical run in the postseason. This is what the Phillies feel like they are. And this is what the Phillies, they're playing to what the record says they are. I know that's the old Bill Parcells quote. And Parcells was coaching in football, but I think it applies to baseball too. Like you can't. You can't fake your way through a baseball season. You can't fake your way through that big of a sample size. And with 120 games left, we're about a quarter of the way through the year. Uh, as we sit here in May, and Memorial Day looms, and that's the unofficial time when you can start looking at the standings. They're right back where they are, and the Phillies are who we thought they were a season ago, more so than the team who made the World Series last October. I'm glad that they were clutch. I was, I'm glad they were able to come through and give us that magical run a year ago, uh, but it, it's hard to 
feel any confidence that they're necessarily on track to repeat that again, uh, barring another magical run. So that's going to do it for uh, the opening segment of today's uh, Phillies Today podcast. On the other side, going to preview today's getaway game in San Francisco, give you the pitching matchup, uh, what I'm looking for here later today. You're listening to the Phillies Today podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wilson. Welcome back to the Phillies Today podcast with your host, Dan Wilson. Uh, quickly previewing this Phillies-Giants game coming up today uh, at 3.45 p.m. in the East if you haven't had a chance to stay up for the two late games. Again, you missed some frustrating losses out there in San Francisco. Uh, but the Phillies trying to salvage a series here. They will send Taiwan Walker to the mound uh, in his 5.75 ERA. His last couple uh, have starts have been... I would say pretty noteworthy. I mean, against the Red Sox, six innings, one run. Uh, in Colorado, six innings, three runs. Obviously not a good place, uh, a friendly place to pitch. Uh, this is a guy whose ERA was close to seven as of relatively recently. He's given you two quality starts. Really just looking for some length out of him. It's kind of what you're always looking for out of Taiwan Walker. If the guy was signed here to be an innings eater, uh, he actually needs to eat some innings. Just keep the game competitive. Uh, it's not the kind of thing I want to see out of Zach Wheeler, and that's what the Phillies have been getting from him. Uh, but when it comes to a guy like Taiwan Walker, I will absolutely take it. So hoping they can get that. Oh, and on the other side, they're going to be going up against Ross Stripling, uh, a guy who has struggled to get some length here as of late. His last couple of starts in Arizona, three and a third, allowed four runs before that against the Brewers, five innings, five runs. Uh, he's got a 7.14 ERA in the season. This is not like 2018 Dodgers Ross Stripling, uh, where he's pitching to about a three. ERA. Stripling has been very hittable so far this season. You hope the Phillies you imagine they'll get runners on base, really need to knock those runners in, have a, a patient approach at the plate uh, when they when they get runners on base and really try and jump on a guy. Try and jump on Stripling early, uh, get some runs in, and, and put up a nice crooked number. It sounds very Little League coach speak, uh, but it's exactly what the Phillies need. The Phillies absolutely need a win today. Uh, otherwise, they will risk going down three games below 500, getting swept by the Giants uh, and their old friend Gabe Kapler. Very, very frustrate- frustrating series uh, as of this point, um, and a frustrating Season to watch, I think, on the whole uh, for the Phillies so far this season. So we're going to be Walker and Stripling getaway day out at Oracle Park in San Francisco. Uh, the Phillies will then uh, have another off day on Thursday as they return home from the West Coast uh, and set up for a, a weekend home series against the Chicago Cubs. That'll do it for today's episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I'll be back with you next week. More episodes uh, throughout the course of the week with my counterparts, uh, Tucker Bagley and Francisco Rojas. Until next time, I'll talk to you later, everyone. Have a great one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.